You're listening to Esports Demystified by Valor Esports. In this podcast, we take a weekly dive into the world of esports by interviewing the men and women that are shaping this amazing industry. This week's guest represents a growing number of people who are transitioning from a background in high-level sports to esports. Our guest is a former first-grade soccer player with an extensive coaching experience as well. He was running his own futsal academy before the COVID-19 pandemic put that on hold. And to finish it all off, he's currently in the process of finishing a degree in sports administration. Please welcome Bartek, also known as Papa Bardi, to the show. So, uh, Bartek, you have this uh, background in uh, football, and we're going to refer to that as soccer for my sake. I'm sorry for that. And um, you've had experience playing uh, at a fairly high level and, and coaching at a fairly high level as well, and then run, running your own football academy. What has it brought that? What has brought you over to the esports side? Um. Rocket League, I would say, pretty much. <laughs> that's the that's the answer. That was that was a game that I found pretty much shortly after my injury, and uh, it was the closest thing really to football and the closest experience to football and some that I had, and I just immediately got hooked up really, and that was that was that was my, the only thing that really brought me before I was a very very casual gamer just with my friends call of duty or something like this from time to time but yeah that definitely rocket league was one thing that brought me there yeah and i wanted i wanted i mean you brought it up straight away i want to i want to bring it up as well as someone else who's uh had a fair few injuries in uh his own chosen sport what what was the injury that kind of stopped you playing uh soccer yeah, that was futsal, futsal. My apologies. I wish I played soccer because that brings way way more money <laughs> <laughs> than futsal. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was, I would say at the sort of a peak of my, you know, junior career, I was, I just came back from a under 20 uh, uh, Polish championships in futsal where, where I, in the qualifiers where I was a top goal scorer, I was, really on the roll i would say <laughs> and mm. a couple of days after after that i uh, we had a you know, first team game that i didn't play in even not a, even a single minute which i was very very upset about considering my previous just performance and in, in a junior team when i was the uh, really the main the main player yeah and um, and i was and i was very annoyed very upset and i decided the day after to just go have a have a kick about with my friends, which I shouldn't be doing because I was under the contract <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to do such things. <laughs> and, and yeah, that's where injury happened. I got my ankle twisted, sprained really, really badly, and I was out for pretty much nine months. Out of, wow. Out, and uh, never really recovered to like my full ability afterwards. Okay, it's interesting because we, we, I mean, you and I and Luke have talked a fair bit um, in the past, and I knew you had an injury, but I didn't know how it happened, and that's quite interesting. So you had the yeah, double I, whammy. I left, I, I left it for the boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite interesting. So you got, not only did you get injured, but you broke your contract pretty much at the same time getting injured. Uh, sort of, but no, nothing really happened in terms of that. But definitely, you know. My my coach sort of always remembered that moment, and you know, yeah, never really, never really, we never really got back to the same sort of relationship. Although it was always really difficult because we we I was playing in a team that was playing for the you know top three, even the championship in 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 Poland. So 
the yeah. players that we had were always high level and they were always 25 plus or whatever and from other countries even and it was very and they never really focused on you know youth development youth growth and stuff like this so mm -hmm. we were pretty much bench warmers most of the times so it was definitely difficult for us to you know get something out of it we no one paid really attention to us as well in terms of you know if we're actually learning something i was i was the one in between junior and first team squad so yeah i i was friends with junior team but i never really trained with them i trained with the first team and uh, i was i had maybe one friend so i was like quite lonely in, in yeah. that in that sense yeah interesting. so yeah it was it was difficult how did you deal with the aftermath of that i know that i personally i had an injury in my back um that stopped me playing for quite a long time and, and once in my my hands and I, I found it really difficult as a competitor. How did, how did you kind of go through that emotion after those, after that injury? Definitely first six weeks, I was literally just tied to my bed. I, mm. was, I wanted to do something, but obviously I couldn't. Then after six, six, eight weeks, more or less, I was like, I need to get back. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> yeah. I, I obviously, I obviously wasn't able in as in the slightest. But I, already, I after like eight weeks, I came back to training, sort of. But obviously, I would, wasn't able to do anything, and I think I think I was just sort of worsening my injury actually, mm -hmm. and maybe, and also you know because of the fact, the circumstances, of how the injury happened, my club really didn't pay much attention to me. <laughs> they were quite upset with me as well. So after sort of two or three months, I actually got the proper help that I needed before it was just literally me and my mom helping me out with whatever I needed. And then after yeah. three months, I actually, you know, started going to the phys physio and all, all that sort of stuff. So that helped me out. But if it happened like right after the injury, I maybe would have been back after four months or something like this and back to the full sort of you know ab physical ability i also yeah. was supposed to undergo a surgery but i refused to because that would make me that after six sort of six months of being injured and then then the physio actually said listen i think you you need you need to have a surgery I talked to a doc. I talked to a doctor about the surgery. He said, "Listen, you're gonna be tied to a bed again for like two months. Like this is a serious surgery. You either and you're gonna be immobile for the like four four months almost in total. So either you do that or you don't do anything. But you're risking, you know, destroying your ankle completely in the future if something happened. Okay. But you know, if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna train." If you're gonna strengthen your muscles in the in this ankle, you should be fine. But you just you're just risking a lot. I decided to risk it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so injury happens, and then you realize you can't play at this level anymore. You start to transition across to coaching. What what is it about coaching that kind of attracted you? Was it because you already had this skill and this knowledge in this sport, uh, and you thought you could utilize it, or was it actually a passion of yours already? So so I didn't necessarily transition back then. I still pretty like played for almost two years. Okay. Our our, our futsal club sort of 
almost dissolved. I did, it dissolved now when I left Poland, but it 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 was, it was on the brink, you know, of being completely dissolved and bankrupt. So last year I was actually playing in a first team as a top player pretty much, but I I knew that this is just you know, I'm no I'm not going to get anywhere. This is this is not my full potential that I just won't be able to reach anymore because of the injury. So it's sort of, it was coaching came about not really because of the fact that I couldn't play anymore. It was more about the fact that I hated my uni in Poland. <laughs> and I ran, ran, randomly stumbled across the, uh, the, the, the university ad here in uh, London, the, the coaching university, the football university rather. So that's where I actually started thinking about this. I started coaching a little bit as an assistant in, in Poland before actually moving to London for like three months mm-hmm. with with kids around six to nine years old. It was quite fun. I always, always had a lot of fun with kids. Like So I really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, th- that's where everything really pretty much started, I guess. Yeah. And what were some of the key things you learned about, I guess, coaching younger people uh in that in that experience oh just patience (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah when you have a group of 50 15 i don't know seven year year old kids it's just difficult to do to do you know a lot with them yeah it's 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 all about really fun and and making them do things without them actually realizing what they're doing they they're Mm -hmm. they're thinking that they're just having fun and playing around but actually they're training something which they you know have no idea about yeah so that's that's you know how you approach training with them and and just just fun really and patience as well yeah awesome you know they don't really like to listen much (laughs) yeah no i can um i can attest to that as well through my tennis coaching um and you're also studying sports administration do i have that correct is it administration football coaching and management to be precise okay perfect what does that entail what are you learning through that so i am i'm learning anything about really coaching in football and managing a team as well in football so Obviously, yeah, we learn anything from the physical aspect of the game, tactical aspect, managing teams and in individuals, psychological side as well, you know, peak performance and all that sort of stuff. It's it's a it's a holistic sort of approach. I yeah. guess performance analysis, tactical analysis, everything that yeah. involves yeah. really for football from the I was gonna say we're going to transition across shortly into into esports um and i guess i, I really want to get this set in stone just so i you know the, because a the big thing i want to take away from talking to someone like yourself is how these traditional sport methods i guess can be applied um into this new age of competition uh, that you're participating in with esports and rocket league um are you starting to see you know like in your so far experience in it, in Rocket League, you're starting to see that similarities um, in what you're learning and what you have learned so far through football. Mm. In in what sense exactly? Sorry. Uh. 
Yeah. So I mean, as in when you, um, I guess even from the way that you might, uh, begin your negotiations or, or sorry, not negotiations, but your first ever lesson with someone in rocket league and the way that you look at the fundamentals of, of skills, is it a similar way that you look at maybe saving the way you coached, you know, a seven or six year old, or is it completely different? I wish it was the same, but unfortunately it's just not because Rocket League and esports and people viewing esports in general is just, it's not at the same level as sports. No one will, at least, at least not that I know of, pretty much no one is willing to, you know, to be coached on, on like daily or weekly or monthly basis or something. They, from my experience, it usually is a, one hour two hour session and pretty much that's it maybe we i'm gonna be in touch with that student you know on discord or something from messages but usually it's just a one-time thing and you know in within that one two hours you cannot really fit a lot compared to coaching you know group of kids that you have you are in touch to twice two times a week or, or something like this so it's just I'm not able to develop this sort of relationship and I'm not able to get to know that person as much as I would those kids, for example, that I'm, you know, especially considering that I was an assistant, I wasn't as much involved in actually, uh, actually like performing the session. I was, you know, more, at least at that point of time, I was more responsible of just in, you know, keeping the, keeping uh, everyone in in check sort of and talking to them you know getting to know them as well asking them how are you how's school whatever how is everything at home are you enjoying the sessions all that sort of stuff so i was able to get to know them better and you know what they like what they don't like in in at least as of now in rocket league you know coaching is just not possible i wish it was and i think we we're gonna try to do that in the future i hope that would be amazing because that's you know that's the way to actually be able to impact people getting you know getting to know them on a long-term basis rather than one-time thing i'm gonna start jumping in now because now we're touching the gaming this is a part where i probably can jump more than sports because i've never been really good at sports although i enjoy doing it but i'm probably like Always oh, the it's last all about one. fun. It's all about fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, one thing I, I really like, I realized when I started the uh, Valor esports journey, and and maybe like when I started doing Counter Strike is exactly what you said. When I started realizing how coaching works in esports, what I see a lot are either professional who have coach uh, full time, right, and so they are able to be in touch with their coach all the time, or you have. Um, you have kind of a freelance platform like uh, Fiverr or Gamer Sensei, where um, you can you can buy a lessons, right? And yeah. and and this uh, I saw like oh maybe I can get one session. And I, I've talked to a few players uh, that are getting those sessions, and I, I have the feeling that like they take one session and they think that's enough, that's gonna get them better. And as you said, like actually having a regular session might be more interesting for for a player if they want to grow do you think that's the case or like maybe let me rephrase the question what do you think would be different if 
uh, you like between a regular session and um, a, like a one-off session in terms yeah, of your approach? I, I think definitely that, that that would be the way to go. One-time session can, you know, the impact of a one-time session can last for a couple of days, maybe weeks if, if it was very decent, but people tend to revert to the, you know, old habits often and they may even forget about everything about the session and what happened there so you know having those even weekly sessions or twice a month that would be definitely beneficial to just keep track of someone's progress and you know give them new things new things to work on yeah it's, it would be definitely better but then again you know the the, the financial problem comes up it's very hard for anyone to pay, you know, on a, on a regular basis, I don't know, 15, 20, $25 per hour or something along the lines. And it's understandable that, you know, a coach cannot really pay, have a session for $5 an hour. It's just yeah, not possible from a financial point of view. That makes sense. And so this is interesting because in soccer, for example, you, I mean, rarely you would pay a coach by yourself, right? And go on the field yeah. and say, hey, coach me. There, there are, the, yeah, from my experience, there are individual sessions, but I've very rarely anyone actually gets them because it's just too expensive. When you, when you, when you pay, you, when you play in a team, when you pay as an individual, you have, you have, I don't know, eight, 10, 15 other kids paying as well. So, you know, it, it's not, it's not, it's not a big amount of money to pay if you have ten other people paying. So it's definitely affordable. It's much cheaper than individual coaching, any individual coaching, whether it's sports or esports. So that's yeah. where so an esports could head. But you know, yeah, in, in that sense, like, do you feel? Um, I'm just getting into this topic because this is really interesting to me. Like the way esports training is organized, it's feels a little bit weird for not for professionals and for universities they seem to be really organized but uh more around um uh like the player that want to grow right like that are still like at the beginning um and so one thing um um i wanted to ask is did do, do you feel that having a group session regularly might have more impact than a one-off session that individual yeah definitely and you could have five six group sessions for the same price as just one individual session and you know everyone coach would benefit from that financially everyone would benefit from that because they would get much more knowledge than just during one individual sessions it's definitely somewhere that i, I in my opinion esports should try to head to but you know, as of now, it's. I feel like it's just very unorganized. Apart from, like you said, actual semi or professional teams or whatever, there is there is there is nothing really there organized in any sort of way. In my opinion, maybe I don't know. Someone, please correct me in the comments. Or <laughs> but I, I I've never yeah. seen anything organized. I mean, I've seen it at a high higher level, like when you're like uh, yeah, is a professional or semi pro or you, you in, are in the collegiate scene. In, in sports, you would have organized teams in, on any level, the, the lowest of, of low, you know, Sunday league f adult football with, with people over 100 kilograms. 
uh, you would have six-year-old playing football. You have even four, five-year-olds playing football. Yep. So it's it's everywhere, and you know, everywhere you go, you can actually get into the team and and start developing. In in Rocket League, you just have to do it sort of by yourself. Don't know using YouTube content on maybe actually getting individual sessions, but again, they are not everyone can actually afford them. Yeah, and on, on yeah, that and point. I, I, I just wanted to add something that I think, you know, that I've noticed across the sporting worlds and in all competitions that a lack of organization usually equates to a poor product. Um, and it's quite, it's quite common that you, even at the lowest levels, a well-organized, um, I guess, method, competition, training, routine, always seems to attract continual customers or clients or, or people who are interested in it because they feel like when they turn up, you know, it's as basic as knowing that they're actually improving um, and that there's a system in place for them to improve. And that's something I've noticed in, in esports uh, is similar to um, some other disorganized social events, I guess. When you turn up, people kind of don't know what's happening. It's, uh, it just ruins it. Like it ruins the actual experience of what you're going through. So it's, um, yeah, I can relate that to a lot personally when I've turned up to things that I'm excited about. And then when I can see that, you know, no one actually knows what's happening, it kind of kills it, kills yeah. it instantly. Agreed. Definitely. Yeah. Just to add to that, I think like another aspect that is interesting in a group training is like the social aspect, right? Like it is always more fun to practice with someone. I mean, at least for me, then going in a server with the coach and then the coach just watching you doing the exercise. Like it's just like lost time for the coach. The coach could be helping someone else. And at the same time, you build some relationship while playing and you might be able to play like another game with that person later and and build some cool relationships through the training. I think yeah. that's another part that, that could be interesting. But um, keeping on the gaming topic, one thing uh, I'm curious about if if you could, like give us a little bit of your story with eSport in terms of your journey from starting playing to the moment where you reach coaching, like the whole journey. I'll just I'll just add one more thing and then I'll get back yeah, to for it. Sure. Obviously the social thing is it's just gonna be always missing there. And that's a very, you know, very important part of any and Rocket League is a team sport. If you're gonna train individually with a coach, you know, you're not getting that social part of it you know getting the teamwork part of it and all that sort of stuff even in in tennis i think i would ask i'll ask sam now how often would you have a group session in tennis compared to individual obviously you will have but i think there are you know you would have group sessions from time yeah. to time from so i've seen at a, at, i mean from my backgrounds and my coaching belief um one-on-one -on -one sessions aren't pointless but they aren't so much required in terms of if you truly want to learn tennis or, or most sports, it, you know, a lot, there's a, there's a belief that you need that one-on-one -on -one focus. Um, but the best players, you know, on the planet, if you look at the way they train, it's always, um, it's always hitting and playing with multiple player, people at once. Um, you can use that for different reasons. It, it, you can centralize your focus, um, and once again, it's about providing structure and the more people you have, you know, obviously you can't have more than four people on a court while you train. Otherwise that's a bit yeah. out of control, but you know, two on both sides performing a drill 
um, it just brings a new dynamic to where you actually interact. And, it, and it's obviously more sustainable. It's more enjoyable than isolating yourself, um, you know, in, into training with just either a coach individually or, or serving balls by yourself. You know, that, that is, that always, you know, is not something that everyone loves yeah. to do. So, yeah, I think when we were, when I was working with um, academy level players in, in Brisbane, Australia, we would always encourage um, players to, to, to join our squads, we called them. Um, and it was for a couple of reasons. One is to, you know, to play against different types of players as much as possible and get as much experience um, versing a wide range of players. But also, you know, there's that social dynamic where you actually increasing your awareness um, all around you rather than just completely self-isolated by yourself. It's just more fun, I think. At the end of the day, everyone started it. Yeah. You know, by enjoying whatever they're doing, they just started with just enjoyment, just fun. <laughs> so you cannot just strip that away. And I think sometimes individual coaching can, in a way, strip that fun and social aspect as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, coming back to uh, my transition from just playing to coaching esports, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah so yeah, i really want to uh, so i guess luke and i are really interested in to know is is you 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 got really interested in rocket league um what was your what was your playing time like because i know that you're much more interested in the coaching aspect of it um but what was your playing playing side like it's it's sort of it was it was always 50-50 in a way. Now I'm 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 leaning more towards coaching because I know I, there is nothing for me to achieve as a player. I just, you know, I achieved sort of don't know top five thousand, but it's not really an amazing achievement. Of but you know, I I know I'm not gonna be become a, like a pro or anything of sorts. So I might as well focus on something else and play the game casually and try to enjoy it. Although playing ranked sometimes maybe a little bit. <laughs> to, to, like in anything like in any any competition really um, yeah my uh, right now I've, I think I have like 2.5 or maybe 3,000 hours so it, it's quite a lot over yeah. the last around four years I would say obviously it started with fun just my two friends from high school and, and me just playing the game just you know messing around not not being able to do anything back then you didn't have any sort of content as well to just you know get knowledge from to be able to sort of adjust everything that you needed to adjust by watching a couple of videos you just had to discover it more or less by yourself and we never really you know paid enough attention to that game to actually you know adjust anything to discover anything we're just messing around so i spent first like 300 500 hours barely improving just having fun and uh, i think that was the, the most fun i had in the game as soon as i started improving as soon as i started to go f through the ranks and reaching the higher ranks it became more of a you know competition rather than just pure fun but i reached yeah i reached the highest rank last year in december i reached like around top five thousand three months ago when last season ended 
and yeah that's i started in a lot i played in a lot of competition like community ones i won a couple of tournaments not really you know no no prize pools no anything but that was definitely fun i think i played a couple of times on a stream with like 100 150 people watching so that was that was sort of a peak of my <laughs> rocket league career as a player nothing nothing special but definitely have so, a lot of memories and i will still be playing and some sort of competitions definitely I, i'm as at heart i'm a still a competitor so you know i don't think i will stop unless my wrists you know will give up on me or something <laughs> so yeah um, in terms of a transition it it the first like the first thought sort of about coaching came came to me last year by the i think end of the year when i coached my two friends like IRL friends uh just just they just wanted to get a little bit better in the game you know and they obviously know me they know that i'm playing they know i'm quite you know experienced in the game so I, we just had a very laid back sessions just me casually talking to them about you know what are your strengths and weaknesses? What are you good at? What are you not good at? It was it wasn't very structured. It wasn't just it was just a you know conversation with a friend. But they really enjoyed it. They seen some improvements. They were quite you know grateful and that that you know that feedback, that sort of uh, love and seeing the impact that I that I had on them, had me thinking about coaching. Maybe maybe that's. You know, since I'm actually studying <laughs> football coaching, I actually know a little bit about coaching and I love Rocket League. Maybe that's, that those are two things that I possibly could combine. Didn't do anything about it back then. But then COVID started. I don't know if I can say that. We can believe that because it's a very sensitive word. <laughs> uh, so I had loads of loads of time. I started, you know, started thinking maybe actually I could I could start coaching. I need a little bit of money. Obviously, I'm not gonna earn much at the beginning, but who knows? So I just joined the uh, free coaching uh, Discord with free coaching. It's called Rocket League Coaching Discord, I think. That's where you found me as well, <laughs> and uh, had started coaching there found you know met a lot of people had like around 20 coaching sessions every single session i had you know was was very fun very i really enjoyed it i had a lot of positive feedback as well a lot of love really that i got got back from it so that's what kept me going in a way and you know i felt okay this is this is quite fun i would really love to do it full time at some point of time obviously not in the near future but something to look for you know they say if you if you love your job you'll never work a day in your life so <laughs> so so yeah and then i started co coaching for on, on fiverr for a little bit of money obviously i i felt like at some point of time the knowledge that i'm giving is actually worth something and and then and yeah that was that was like around four or five months ago and then here we are you found me <laughs> <laughs> interesting so that's quite a that's quite a journey i think um like very quick i mean not quickly but after some some time you realize that you didn't want to become uh, a professional but you just you 
you decided to go to the coaching career, which is, I think, a few people I've talked to have this kind of similar uh, similar uh, vision. The only difference I, I feel like with you that you're going through, like you went through professional sports, you also studied uh, football coaching, um, I'll say football, not soccer, because I'm from France, but uh, <laughs> football, football coaching. Um, and, and so you have this professionalism in, in coaching that I, I think is really interesting. And it, I, I feel that maybe like the question I would have is like throughout your progression in Rocket League coaching from the first session to now, do you feel that you have implemented some some methodologies that either you developed or you took from uh, from the the professional football scene. So on the side, on the social slash psychological slash mental side of of things, I would say I would love to do, I would love to implement a lot of stuff. I would love to talk about this this stuff with every single student that I have, but. Like we mentioned before, one hour session, one time thing, it's just not possible to fit that much knowledge and information and content. So I have to, unfortunately, at least as of now, omit this part of, you know, my whole my whole sort of approach to coaching, unfortunately. This is definitely one thing that I would like to see in the future, hopefully with you guys. But at, at this point of time, you know, I definitely focus purely on just actual mechanical slash non-mechanical side of the game. So actual gameplay, because there's just not enough time to talk about other things. I tend to try to have a small conversation about like goals, strengths and weaknesses and what, what's your overall journey in the game? What would you want to achieve? So I guess that's sort of, you know, the, the mental slash psychological side of things, but that's just very little in compared to what I would actually want to talk about, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, one of the things that we really always interested us in in speaking to you about coaching in Rocket League is you you once presented us with this, the four quadrants concept that you kind of developed yourself, I'm guessing, with inspiration from other things. Um, can you tell us more about that? Because that, that's something that's always struck me as a really cool concept and something I think people should hear about. Yeah, so th that four-corner model was developed by uh, English Football Association. So... I I adapted it uh, to my needs and to Rocket League needs in a way. So in in actual football one, you would have tactic, tactical slash technical side of things, like uh, psychological one and social one, and the fourth one would be physical one. And there's a there's a huge focus on that one as well. In I needed to adapt it a little bit, so there is. The, the focus is not really that big on the physical side because in esports you you know you use your body but not in in the same way that you using your body in, in sports obviously you need to take care of the body through healthy lifestyle you know sleeping patterns nutritions and physical activities all that sort of stuff but definitely the focus is on on the on the mental side and and the gameplay side obviously of things so yeah, I, I adapted to this this model to to Rocket League needs. I have 
for corners that I, in the future, obviously, I want to discuss with every single student equally, pretty much. So, so there is one corner called social psychological side. The other one is physical. So that's left side of things, and the right side is is the actual gameplay, mechanical and non-mechanical skills. Hmm. And I think, uh, I mean, you seem to come across this. You have this really holistic approach to even to esports, which is something that we see at you know the highest levels. Where yes, they train for massive hours, but they still have these other areas of their life that, are for, you know, they're forced to maintain in a sense. They have, they have fitness coaches, they have dietitians. Um, do you believe the holistic approach that you have is is driven by football, or is it just because you've researched the esports top end and you realize that's something that needs to be there? Um, I think it's a it's a bit of both, and obviously my my experience as well from my experience just even not really at the highest level just just by casually playing if if i woke up at at some point of time you know very late and slept 12 hours or i slept four hours and i started playing rocket league i just wasn't feeling you know good i definitely <laughs> wasn't performing at my highest possible level if i was angry at something outside of rocket league if i was very hungry all that sort of stuff. If I didn't have any physical activities for a couple of days, I just felt worse. I just felt like I wasn't performing at the highest level. So obviously I need to do something about this. So that's definitely one part, just experience. Without me being involved in football, without me knowing anything about esports or sports, I would still, I think, in a way, notice those things that something is just wrong. And it's it's not the gameplay side, not the gameplay side. It's everything outside of the gameplay that I bring into my performance. It comes from football as well. It comes from what I, you know, learned during my uni. It comes from sort of what I know about esports as well. So it's a mixture of everything, really. So that's interesting what you just said. Like um, I could relate actually. Like I played the game of Counter Strike this afternoon, and I was I was I had to work today, and I I was uh, quite like uh, angry, not angry but tired and and exhausted. And um, never play after work. Never play after work. That's my advice. <laughs> never works out well, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I, I'm, my my wife doesn't let me play. <laughs> I mean, not doesn't, but I I spend time with my wife after work, so. Um, I try to train in the morning <laughs> before yeah, work. That's, that's so better, it's that's actually it's it's interesting. Like I never did that before, and it it's actually working quite well for me. Um, but one question I have, uh, and like maybe if someone is going through like this, um, like lower performance as usual, what would be and and let's say they don't have this ability to detect, right? Like what is going wrong with them? What would be some sort of advice that you would give that person to be able to kind of work toward getting better and better performance? So definitely I would I would uh, need to have a conversation to be able to detect which which you know which corner of this four corner model is struggling, whether it's one or whether it's two, whether it's every single one, to be able to actually properly help them, but definitely they would need to reset reset everything that they're doing and you know start getting into good habits in 
in any again in every single four corners corner of this of this module so there may be something wrong with the sleeping pattern there may be something wrong in school or i don't know if the, the girlfriend or boyfriend or they're not eating well anything really can can be impacting that and everything at once as well so yeah they definitely may not be able to detect that themselves so it's very important to have a conversation like this with them for as long as they need to really to be able to establish what's wrong and to be able to give them good habits but again i'm co i'm coming back to the same problem it's just not enough time <laughs> to do yeah, those things and, and they're very and, important to do and i think one thing that you're mentioning is very important and something that i remember when i was a kid and trying to make it through the counter-strike even though it was not professional level but trying to get better is that as a kid, you don't realize that what you do outside the game or what time you train yeah. or when you play, uh, you don't realize how much it can impact your performance and how much, uh, for example, like I went in a LAN tournament once and actually I was so excited to be in the LAN that I didn't sleep well. And then the next day I had games and, yeah. um, and I slept like maybe three, four hours. And then the next day I was playing really poorly and um, and I learned it the hard way that actually, and, and I and then I realized like I looked at the teams that have the best play like that made it through the final, and these guys uh, they actually didn't sleep at the land they went away at 8 p.m. and um, and I realized that what you do outside the game is actually like very important although I didn't realize to an extent but now that I started researching esports I do see at the professional scene that they have these habits of training properly, having the fitness, having the nutrition. And I, I would say if you are like at a lower uh, lower level, some, some of the younger player, they are playing, I, I always use the analogy, like I used to be as a zombie, like I just go to the computer and I just play without having like a proper routine, knowing when I'm going to start, when I'm going to stop, when I'm going to take a break, drink some water, um, do some relaxation maybe afterward, uh, stretching and all that. To, like to reduce the risk of injury I think that's something um, something I, I really want to emphasize like for any person watching even if you're at the like lower level all these things like really matters yes so I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Dave Brailsford and uh, his uh, marginal gains theory he's a owner of a uh, cycling team which was called sky pro, pro cycling team the biggest one there is in the world and they called team ineos now he's still i think the ceo of the team the owner of the team or something mm -hmm. not sure about the details but he developed this sort of marginal gains theory what when every every single thing matters every single thing the minutest things but the minutest details impact your performance so they would make sure that the the his cyclists his will get everything everything that they need and he would pay attention to the everything possible even changing a mattress in a hotel that they sleeping during a tour de france or something to a better one because they're gonna get slightly better better sleep and that will impact even in the you know, even in the minor, minor level will impact the performance. So that's, it's yeah, and, and I think it's, it's very true. Everything, every single thing will impact your performance, no matter what, what it is. 
It's interesting. Um, something that, you know, obviously comes up a lot with this esports journey that Luke and I have taken so far is uh, when we talk to parents, we, we talk about this nearly every podcast, but we get such a wide range of parents' views on, on what esport is. And, um, you know, if I had anyone I could get right now um, to, to the parents who don't think it's a good thing, um, I would love to put you in front of them because you have such a holistic view on, on how to approach it. <laughs> Um, and it, it's interesting. I, don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's I'm still I, I, not able to convince my parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can get into that one afterwards. What I wanted, to, well, let's do it. Let's, let's kill two birds with one stone. Let's pretend we're talking to your parents. Um, you know, if, if you know, <laughs> soccer's easy to sell or football's easy to sell to a parent because there's a physical attribute, they see that you got to work in a team. Um, you know, there's opportunities out there, it's on TV, it's so easy. To say to someone, you know, look at all these things that can happen if you play soccer or football to a high level, or even if you don't, there's other opportunities. Um, what would you sell as, you know, as the benefits of esports right now? If you had a group of parents in front of you who were learning about esports, not just gaming, but esports, what what would you sell as the benefits um, in the same way that we sell regular sports? I would, I would, I would, I would start with you know first thing everything is everything is good if it's if it's in a controlled environment and controlled hours and even even sports wouldn't be exactly beneficial to any kid if they would be playing football for 11 hours a day so and because of the fact that football is controlled or any sport is in a controlled environment in a way and you know you're spending you're spending two or maybe three hours a day or maybe less and it's going to be beneficial but if if you would be to play way way more it wouldn't necessarily be beneficial and you would basically you know be at risk of getting injured or or something along the lines so same way about esports it it's going to be beneficial in one way or another especially the social aspect of things if it's going to be in a controlled environment so i would definitely tell parents to to try to control it to try to just dose the the gaming time one two hours a day for for a young kid i think i think it's enough and as long as this this kid is doing you know other things uh, has other hobbies has physical activities as well there's nothing wrong with him being playing two hours a day and you know for a young young kid playing two hours a day pretty much almost every day he's going to develop very very quickly and 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 can you know can think at some point of time about you know getting into into things deeper in terms of actually you know playing professionally or or maybe even just creating content on youtube or twitch like as you said like in sports opportunities are endless really you don't have to necessarily be a pro player but you know in this in this in this world the <laughs> the gaming gaming and and youtube careers and twitch careers or, or esports careers are still viewed as a you know in a in a mixed sort of light like there there is a lot of people that think positively about it but there's still a lot of negative opinions about everything and, that esports and, you, and gaming brings and what do you think rocket league as a game i mean it it's for for us, it's quite obvious, um, you know, some of the things that stand out to be good at Rock League uh, and they're really good traits. But you personally, 
what do you see as the top three things that a human being can learn when they get really good at this game that could be transferred into the workplace or um, into just everyday living? So let me start with saying that I, I think Rocket League is the closest thing to sports that is possible. Really, at, at, at this point of time, it's the closest game ever, I think, created. Because one, it's incredibly and incredibly easy to watch by anyone, no matter if you have any knowledge or no matter if it's your first time with the game or not. You know what's happening. You know there are two goals. You know there's a ball and two teams are trying to score a goal simple if 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 a very very new viewer to let's say league of legends or even sometimes csgo would look at the game they wouldn't necessarily understand what's the aim what's what's happening is me watching league of legends is just <laughs> I, I have no clue what's going on so i think yeah <laughs> that's the closest thing, sort of esports and the other thing is the game is completely mechanical. Every single movement that happens in the game, it's your input. You have to perform yourself. People f think that FIFA or NFL or NBA games are very, very close to sport, sports games because they're actually actual sports. But in reality, you press one button and your player performs a couple of things at once. You, it's not really it's not really mechanical, mechanically best based game. It's just is just you're doing something and, and the player performs a couple of things at once. You're not actually fully controlling controlling the uh, the player yourself in a way. In, in, in Rocket League, you have to do every single thing yourself. You don't have, you, you're not pressing the, the button to pass and the, the car is performing a pass to the other player. You have to be able to actually perform it yourself. And it's incredibly difficult. The other, the other things. Obviously, coming back to the actual topic, the actual question of yours, definitely the social aspect is is incredibly important for some people that are not necessarily good at sports. They're not. They don't really like you know going outside and and playing certain sports because they're just not good at them and they don't like not being good at something. This is you know, this is the the way for them to maybe socialize. Socializing with with people around the the whole world really is one thing that I just love about you know esports in general. I met so many people from so many different countries, so South Africa, Romania, Australia, now <laughs> USA, every, every single place pretty much in the in the whole world is just amazing. Definitely, the other thing you can learn if if that's your goal, obviously, if if your goal is is to improve in the game definitely one thing that you can learn is is how to, to actually do it the commitment what you need to what you need what kind of hours you need to put into the game and how you know the, the whole focus and concentration that you need to put into into everything that you do within and within the game outside of the game that could definitely set you for the future in when you would do literally anything in your life and you you would you would have this sort of approach that you could take and and you would know how much hours you need to put into something to be able to do it properly yeah Anything. no amazing amazing what i you know i want to start stepping away from other people i want to bring it back a little bit um a fairly loaded a fairly loaded question 
um, for yourself. And um, uh, we ask this to a lot of people who come on the show. And it, the question is this, if you were an esports god and you can control the future of coaching within the industry right now, what would you change uh, for, for people like yourself who have started to come in the last 18 to, you know, 12 to 18, possibly 24 months? What do you think could be changed, added or built to benefit the world of esports coaching? Definitely having something similar to what, what happens in, in, in other sports in football, just, just literally coaching education. That's yeah. that's, that's the, the the most <laughs> the most simple way of looking at things. Just coaching education. People coming to coaching, but they have literally no clue about anything. Some people even become you know professional coaches, and and they coach professional teams for money, but they may not have an idea of how to actually do it yet. Obviously, I'm not saying they're not suitable for the job because they probably are, but they could definitely benefit from actually having some sort of knowledge, even from sports coaches on how to approach things. So they don't have to learn themselves on the spot really, because I would assume that's what probably happens. They just learn from their mistakes and, you know, it takes them time and months and months of, you know, trial and error to actually come up with certain stuff. And they, yeah. you know, if they had coach education, they would be equipped with, with everything that they needed before they even, you know, started the job. So yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't have this sort of, you know, lab experiment on the, on the players, on the professional players on, on the spot, which, you know, sometimes may not necessarily end up well. And for yourself, I mean, you, you've got it this far. So the, you've got to see where you are now so far, which is pretty awesome in a, in a short amount of time that you've been able to get in, get some experience coaching one-on-one. Um, you know, you've built networks, which has seemed to be a big part of, you know, getting to a higher level in esports. Um, it still has that traditional method that you need to know the right people sometimes. Um, but what's the actual dream for you? Uh, we, you know, we've worked with you a little bit and we, and we love it, but what's your, you know, right now where you are five years from now, what's the dream for someone like yourself? I would, I would love to be at some point of time, a coach slash manager of an actual professional team. That would be one of my dreams. Yep. It's not easy. No, it's not easy. I found it may be easier than in actual sports because in sports it's just a long, long journey that may last even 20 years and you're not going to yeah. get anywhere else if you don't know the right people. In esports, it may be, you know, depending on the game, it may be a little bit easier, but it's still very difficult. And at the end of the day, at, at this point of time, at least, again, you need to know the right people to get somewhere. Yeah, just by I guess, coaching on 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 Fiverr or, 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 or I don't know on a coaching Discord, I don't think you can get, you know, far. And that I guess I that's say. my next question. I guess is, is it, it for me? It doesn't seem, you know, it. Yes, it takes twenty years in in football slash soccer. I'm going to keep doing that to you guys. Sorry, um, you know, it it takes twenty years, but the trajectory not easy to pull off, but it's a lot more simplified in terms of, you know, get experience and move up the divisions of your club, reach the top of your club, move to the next level, you know, move to the next division, next club at the next level, do the same thing, repeat, repeat, repeat um, in that time, develop players and, and 
get your reputation out there for esports it seems like this giant wow. jump and there's this big you know disparity between where you're at now wow. and, and and getting into a pro team and that's what i've always found interesting uh, of what what is that journey look like and it, i don't know if it exists at the moment it sounds like a no, lot of time it, no one knows i think yeah <laughs> i don't think that I don't think that this journey is necessarily sort of rigid and I don't think it, it exists in any way. It's just, it's just a jump from, you know, knowing someone, knowing someone to coaching all of a sudden a professional team, really. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of coaches became, especially at the beginning of the game, they, they were just friends with someone that was, you know, really good friends or even IRL friends with someone that is sort of good at the game and this person became a pro and they asked them, oh, listen, do you want to coach us? That's, yeah. I, I would assume that a lot of lot of coaches became actual coaches in, in that way. And may, now maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's a little bit different, but, you know, the, I don't think there is a, there's a clear journey that someone could take because there is there are no divisions in in this mm. in this game in this esports you either are a coach of a completely amateur amateur team somewhere in the community league or you you're just a coach of an up and coming you know top top team or actual top team and yeah. you're contracted to an organization there's no there's no bit in between and I think that's kind of reflective as well at the top end with the, the, you know, the lack of stability, I guess, in teams as well, that, you know, with this, you know, free fall underneath, you know, that, that there's nothing in between this level, there's nothing to catch you as well, in a sense. So if you, if you're brought into a team based off someone, you know, or, you know, just, you're not really based off the amount of experience you have to come in and, and support an organization, you know, to me that, comes back to that organization aspect aspect that it you know the chance the risk of it going wrong um repeatedly it, you know is likely and you can see that with teams changing over and over players going in and out so quickly there seems to be a little bit of lack of you know structure there yeah there's still there is in even at the top end there's a lot of teams that are not contracted to anyone so they're pretty much free to go anywhere they like at any point of time right now the uh the whole rlcs format changed a little bit so that sort of prevents those kind of moves so that because if if you do it if you do it too often it, is, it will result in completely uh it, it there's a point there's a point system in the whole rlcs that will basically result in of you result in you losing all the points that you gained in the previous tournaments so mm -hmm. people may refrain from doing so but still they're basically free to go it there's there's definitely still pretty much you know the same situation at the beginning you you may if you don't really know someone i don't no matter how much experience you have if in i don't know community teams and you you will, you will struggle to get somewhere to be contracted by someone because there's there is no again there's no in between in a way coaching a community team will i don't think will be regarded by anyone at the top end by experience or anything actual experience i don't they would i would i would think they would disregard it more or less okay and my final real you know 
real coaching question, I guess, is I usually ask it from a perspective for, for you to provide information to other people. But I think there's so many people, um, you know, who are coming through who would love to hear this from you, which is what do you think are the three most important things for you right now to achieve that five-year goal for yourself? So you didn't let me mention my other goals, but I'll, <laughs> I'll let this slide. <laughs> Obviously, becoming a coach slash manager would be one of my dreams, definitely. But, you know, I, I do understand that it's, you know, based on a little bit on, on, on chance or on luck as well. So it's not something that I would put my all my eggs into on, on in this basket, I guess. The other thing, the other things would be definitely to be involved in Rocket League coaching in one way or another. Maybe one thing that I would definitely love to have is some sort of academy, which, you know, with you guys, maybe, maybe, maybe possible definitely would be, would be first one, I think, in Rocket League. Pro- just professional with, with very, very professional approach, something that is just not there yet. And, and, you know, that I would love to love to achieve because, you know, I think, I think esports in general should, should head towards what, what's happening in sports in terms of coaching, the professional academies, the people, you know, from the very, very young age of five, six year olds already, you know, training in a, with a systematic approach with some thought behind this rather than, you know, discovering most of the things themselves and really once they become almost semi-pro, they actually start getting, you know, outside input, which doesn't really make, you know, much sense to me because I cannot imagine in football you would, you know, play on your own with your friends till you're like 18 and once you're 18, 20, you become somewhat good and then you actually get a coach, you actually go, go, you know, go into the team and start coaching in a with a, with a systemat- in a systematic way just doesn't make doesn't make much sense to me yeah. so i think i think in in terms of esports and rocket league they we should we should definitely aim at something very very much similar so rocket league academy of sorts would be one of my dreams as well what i need to do to get there for now i have no clue but <laughs> we'll take it <laughs> once we'll take it one step at a time i think and uh, yeah, I think we could get there. Yeah, just small steps. Yeah, interesting. Big, big I think the background. Yeah, I think you know, in a weird way, from what I've been hearing, is you know, the first one is people in your position, and I think this needs to change. In in some retrospect, it needs to change. Is that you know, network is such a big big part of it. And is how do you get those, you know, those networks and what does that look like? Once again, it's not a hundred percent clear to me. I think it's something that would come from being involved with the esports community. Obviously the higher level of the community, the more network you could probably create. Um, but other than that, you know, it's not a hundred percent clear to me how, how you get through or break that barrier. And I think it's interesting, uh, you know, not so much negative is more interesting about what space is out there and, and how it can be bridged pretty much. Um, Bartek, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to finish off with, you know, how can people follow you? How can people get, you know, if they want to get some coaching or they want to know more about you, how do they get in contact? So definitely through my discord. I don't know. How can we plug the discord? I think, 
I think in the description of this podcast, we can definitely I can make that happen. Some message, <laughs> some message be there if, <laughs> if you're interested in, in coaching. Definitely, I'll be able to help you out. Uh, other thing, def- YouTube, one uh, one thing, YouTube definitely uh, <laughs> recently sort of popped off by accident, but YouTube algorithm uh, sort of niced me a little bit. 1.2 million views on one video now awesome over 1000 subscribers is that the (laughs) is that the uh Uh, the the best video ever the 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 one of me just screaming my lungs out for 30 seconds straight (laughs) rightly so rightly so i would say (laughs) so i'm i I will i will will start posting that i'm not sure when is the podcast coming up maybe i'll be a a big YouTuber by now, by then. I, I'm joking, but you can definitely find me there. Obviously, Twitter as well. So I think Perfect. Sam will link all of this down below. I will make that happen, mate. Thank you I so much it. for joining us today. And thank you so much for you know giving us an insight into your, to your journey so far. I think it'd be really beneficial for the amount of people who are coming through the ranks and, and, and starting to get interested in this industry. I think it's so important to share that you, they're not alone with this with this journey. So thank you. Thank you for being with us and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Esports Demystified by Valor Esports. That was Bartek, also known as Papa Barty. You can follow him on Twitter at P-A-P-A underscore B-A-R-T-Y. We're currently creating our first esports club for players from around 13 to 23 years old. If you're an aspiring esports athlete or a parent to one, please get in contact with us. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram under the username Valor underscore E Academy. And you can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Valor dot esports dot academy.